the pregnancy like hard and stressful anyway. And then if you add like redundancy on top of it, and I thought, well, if I get made redundant, who's going to want to employ, you know, somebody with a, a big fat belly, um, <laughs> really? And, you know, when I kind of mentioned it all to my husband, I was like, right, when I set this is business, you know, and he's like, but you're just about to have a baby. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but you're fine, it'll be fine. I was dead bored last <laughs> time. Hello and welcome to today's Hobnob episode with me, Cameron Mitchell. Hobnob is brought to you by Fulfillment Crowd, a world-leading fulfillment provider, trusted by online retailers to fulfill orders on time, every time. Hobnob was created to inspire conversations with industry-leading professionals to give you the best advice and tips straight from the experts. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest. Joining us is Jennifer Bailey, founder and owner of Callow Shoes. Um, thank you for joining us today, Jennifer. How are you? I'm good, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm also joined by one of our customer success managers here at Fulfillment Crowd, Emma Nicholson. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Amazing to have you both here. Thanks for joining me. Um, as um, our podcast series is called Hobnob, um, it's only right to ask, um, are you a dunker or are you not a dunker? I don't really eat biscuits anymore <sighs> because yeah. I've kind of given up most sugar. So I, do, I don't really eat much biscuits and cakes and chocolate and stuff. But in the old days... I used to be a dunker in my tea. I couldn't tell you the last time I had a hobnob in like 20, <laughs> 20 years or something. Oh, definitely a dunker. Can't be a chocolate hobnob and a cup of tea. That's all I like to hear. I mean, we're all northern here or something. I know, yeah, total, total dunkers, yeah. <laughs> so for those that don't know, can you tell them, uh, Jennifer, a little bit about who Calor is and where the inspiration came from? So Calor is a brand of beautiful and stylish footwear, especially designed for women who suffer from a very common foot condition called bunions. I mean, if you don't know what bunions are, it's kind of um, a deformity at the base of the big toe, which causes inflammation, swelling, pain. They don't look particularly attractive. Um, and a lot of footwear or most footwear um, is too narrow um, once you've developed a bunion. Um, so I suffered from bunions most of my life. Um, but I think at around 30 years old, um, I'd been proposed to by my now husband and we were planning to get married. And of course, you know, I'd chosen the beautiful dress. Um, but then finding the beautiful shoes to go with it was just much more. It was more of a problem for me because finding really pretty shoes is hard. Um, yeah. I was kind of living in trainers and up boots and a couple of shoes that I'd managed to find. I had kind of a light bulb moment at the time um, and thought, you know, one day I'm going to do this. I'm going to make shoes for women who have feet like mine. Uh, but fast forward a few years, getting married, having babies, that kind of thing. Um, I only actually launched four years ago, the beginning of September. Um, and there's about two years of development before that. Uh, so, yeah, so the, I started the business because it was a personal pain point. I saw an opportunity um, at the time. Um, I launched, I only had like one or two small competitors in the world. There was like one in the USA and one in France. So um, there was, I, I kind of felt like I'd spotted a real gap in the market. Um, yeah. And I called it Calla because the Calla lily is that kind of really beautiful long stem lily that you often find at weddings. And I didn't want the, the shoe brand to kind of have any negative connotations at all about feet or horrible feet or or comfort yeah. or anything like that I just wanted it to sound like a really beautiful brand and Calla Lilies um, like kind of stand for purity innocence uh, youth beauty and those are all the things that I wanted Calla you know my shoe brand to 
um, to stand for as well. So it seemed to fit quite nicely. And also, I, you know, I wanted quite a short word that would fit into a shoe as well. <laughs> yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah, it does. So um, you recently uh, had an article in the Times, didn't you, talking about your um, redundancy story and mm-hmm. how you created colour from that. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So, like I said, the, I had the light bulb moment like a good 10 years ago now, but uh, the kick up the bum, if you like, um, was when I was in a redundancy situation. I'd not been back long from maternity leave for my first um, daughter. Um, yeah. And I, I'd come back as acting head of marketing for a university. Um, so I was, you know, pretty stressed out anyway, because I'd just come back, you know, with a, a young daughter at home and, and, a, and into a, a tough job. But also there, there'd been a bit of a restructure while I'd been on maternity leave and I had um, a new management as well. And they were looking to do another big restructure. So I, this happens at universities all the time. I'd already been through five mm. restructures in five years before that. So it was only, I guess, mm. a matter of time before, you know, you get restructured out. So I also, around the same time, fell pregnant and it wasn't planned. It just it's one of those things. Um, so I was kind of in a redundancy situation and pregnant and was, um, you know, just pretty stressed out with the whole situation. And I was coming home crying and I was worried about the pregnancy because, because you know I'd, yeah, I'd had it like the first time it, it took me a very very long to get time to get pregnant with my first daughter and when yeah. there were complications and stuff um so it was a bit of a surprise to get pregnant to be honest the second time um so quickly well without it being planned and uh and so I, I found a the pregnancy like hard and stressful anyway and then if you add like redundancy on top of it and I thought, well, if I get made redundant, who's going to want to employ, you know, somebody with a, a big fat belly, um, <laughs> really? And then, you know, and then for just to employ me, and then for me to just go off on maternity leave again. And then also if, you know, I, I was lucky at the university because I had like flexible working, but not all new employers will do that straight off. You kind of have to prove your worth before they give you that flexible working. So these were all things that were going through my mind. So I just had a, a chat. I don't know what it was, but I just thought, I'm just going to set up a business and I'm going to set up the shoe business. And mm. uh, and and this is my opportunity to do it. You know, I can take my redundancy money. Um, I had I did manage to get, secure like a little three-month job, which took me up to giving birth at another university to give me a bit of extra cash in the bank. Um, yeah. So I had money behind me to kind of get me through maternity leave and helped me set up the business at the same time um I'm one of them mums that was incredibly bored during my first maternity leave and I I just didn't understand what you're supposed to do all day really (laughs) when you've got a baby and then you just watch what do you do just watch the baby all day when they're little and I didn't I just thought there must be more I can't just clean and look after a baby it's not I I don't I'm not fulfilled by that I think I realized that and actually a lot of um don't get me wrong I love spending time off with the baby and and I think it's really important but I kind of needed more to do to fill my days so um you know when I kind of mentioned it also my husband was like right when I said this is business you know and he's like but you're just about to have a baby and I was like yeah yeah but you're fine you're fine I was dead bored last time um so I set the business up um, I did all the research really because there's quite a lot that goes into making shoes. I knew I wouldn't be like launched straight away because I had to do development. I had to find a factory, you know, that wanted to yeah. work with me. Um, all the prototyping, all of that. That I knew that would take time anyway, and um, and I did spend most of my um, maternity leave just doing that part of um, 
of the process of, of setting the company up. So, Jenny, um, when you was made made redundant and then you had your your second baby, I would imagine your confidence may have been a little bit low and it had been a bit knocked. Um, how did you regain your confidence after, after those events? Um, yeah, do you know what? My confidence was at an all-time low and it's partly because the way that I was made, I mean, I've been at the university for nearly nine years and the way that I was made redundant, it just made you feel a bit worthless. And I know this happens, you know, happens all the time. People get made redundant all the time. But you kind of feel like, why Why could I have kept the job? Obviously, there are roles around um, that they may have been able to transfer me to, but they just restructured everything and my whole team was gone, basically. So I, I did have, I did struggle for a little while with, confidence and my own abilities my own marketing abilities but then the business really was the thing that woke that gave me that confidence back because as it went I went along I realized that I was good at marketing you know otherwise how would I be able to do what I what I was doing and um, I found people that I could talk to about setting the business up and talking to them about my idea um, in networks like business business type networks I guess um and everybody I spoke to you just seemed to be behind be behind me my idea um and gave me the confidence to, for me to think that I could, it was something that I could absolutely do I, I can't tell you the turning point I think I, I won a big competition um about six months into after launch um and it made me realize that actually there were I I was on to something, you know, I, I, I stood up and pitched in front of a, a, a panel of people to and, and won like 10 grand for the business. And oh, and they all, you know, and, and up against other people, I didn't, I just would never would have expected that. And it's those yeah. types of uh, wins, I guess, that boost your confidence. So I would, like, if I was going to give advice to somebody else, I'd say, Try and surround yourself with businesses that are in a similar position to you. So I started on a like a, an accelerator program sponsored by the NatWest, and that was free. Um, I kind of applied to get on it, got on it, and that was pre-launch, so I hadn't even launched at this point. But I was with loads of other businesses who were in the same boat, so they were pre-launch or they'd only just launched or they were kind of tinkering along, you know, and, and hadn't really kind of um, gone through any kind of fast growth period. And I realised when I looked at other people around me that, this, is, this sounds really big-headed, but I realised mm-hmm. that I was better than a lot of them. And I thought, yeah. all you know, that, that I was, I was no, by no means at the bottom of that pile of the other, um, whatever it was, 50, 60 entrepreneurs in the room. Mm. Um, I was definitely somebody who people looked to who thought that I actually knew what I was doing, um, who looked like, um, I, you know, I had it together. <laughs> Even though at times, like, I was like... I've got me all wrong but um but it's you know I, I had a vision and I had um a plan and I think that a lot of people start up in businesses and they don't even have either of those <laughs> they, yeah. they they don't have they don't have a clear vision and they don't have a plan of how to get through the next six months never mind I had a plan to get through the next five years you know so not that it's gone to plan but you know I had a plan um yeah so yeah exactly so as long as it's been successful yeah exactly yeah so it's moved around a bit and not and you know I've been knocked back several times by uh, things going wrong but you know having having that kind of goal in mind at the end of it has really helped 
me kind of stand out, I guess, amongst maybe other business owners. So, yes, get onto one of those programs. You'll meet it'll make you realize you, you're not the imposter that you may feel like you are, because if you sit at home, especially in lockdown and COVID and all that, if you're starting a business on your own at home, you've got no one else to talk to, then how will you know what your benchmark is? How will you know if you're doing the right thing? Um, and then yeah, exactly. as soon as you start getting to talking to other people, once you get behind that bravado of, yeah, everything's going really well, we're so successful. Once you start kind of getting behind those layers, you realise that everybody shares the same issues, the same, um, you know, the same um, problems, the same um, blocks to, you know, moving forward um and then you'll also realize that actually you could be miles ahead of everybody else you're nowhere near as far behind as you thought you were seeing so, yeah. so that's it was invaluable for me that that accelerator program how was that transition from you know going from something completely different to then creating your own shoe brand to be honest i honestly think that i've always been a business owner like in my heart it's always yeah. been there because i'm 42 now so you know when i was at uni 20 odd years ago starting a business wasn't a thing you know you got your degree you went into a profession you didn't maybe did more exams and you worked your way up in that profession and that's basically what I did when I left uni and you know no one in my family owned a business so there was nothing for me to kind of aspire to be like you know I've done a lot of um, like mindset workshops around what makes um, a good entrepreneur and I tick like loads of the boxes and I thought this is even before you know I set up a business I already ticked a lot of those boxes um I'm, meant to be it's meant to be yeah and I'm doing a product that I'm really passionate about I yeah. genuinely believe and genuinely want to change people's lives through their footwear and you know the kind of feedback that I get from customers I know that I'm doing that for a lot of women so that keeps me going I've got like the best shoe wardrobe in the world now you know whereas before <laughs> I hardly had any <laughs> so <laughs> you know I, I the transition one wasn't anywhere near as hard as I thought it was going to be um, and I talked to some business um, people when I was setting the business up, you know, other kind of like mentory type people. And what they said to me was that I had the advantage of having a marketing background and having spotted a niche. Whereas yeah. some people yeah. might be an inventor, but they don't know how to get it to market. Whereas I was already, you know, I already had that um, knowledge. knowledge. Yeah. So that was a an advantage and a, and a notice advantage. And I took a you know advantage of that advantage um <laughs> and I, all I knew, needed to do was find somebody to help me with the other bit which is how to make the product so like your target market then how, who did you base that off was it yourself or someone that you knew or is it no, it's me you, but, yeah. but when I did more research so I did a lot of research before I launched the business and this is another thing that what I realized is that loads of businesses don't do they kind of launch and go Da-da, but they haven't really looked into them um market hard enough to really understand their customer so before the launch I've collected about a thousand email addresses from people who I had bunions and um and were definitely interested in potentially buying some kind of footwear for their you know for their feet and yeah. uh and I, I did a lot of research on those women so just to get insights into how it makes them feel what it stops them doing um, what they were looking for, what styles, what colours, heel heights, you know, all that kind of stuff, what age mm. range. And 45% of my customers are between 40 and 60, and they tend to be like professional, affluent, middle-class women. Um, and it's a, it's a similar demographic worldwide. And then 45% yeah. are 60-plus, and they tend to be, again, middle-class, affluent, retired women um, who mm. enjoy 
looking good, feeling young. But these are women who, you know, they're not ready to get into granny shoes because you can be comfy in granny shoes, but they, they won't want to wear They don't want to wear them. I suppose it's, it's kind of like making bunions sexy, really. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm doing my best. I, well, bunions, to be honest, there is a certain sex of society that do find bunions very um, sexy, uh, but they're, they're not they're, they're not my customers. <laughs> That's a whole, <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole different it? conversation. Yeah. That's a different business model. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, so, it was quite a niche brand then initially, there was, I imagine there was quite a, a low organic search for it. How did you go about um, boosting your brand and like what, what tactics did you use to get it off the ground? So for Bunyan Shoes, there was a, a decent, there is a decent organic search, um, but no, no, um, no one was coming up to meet that demand, if that makes sense. So yeah. it was your, all your granny shoes, your cosy feet and stuff like that, but not something that you know no one who was doing what I was doing at the time so it was really easy what's well, easy it took me about six to twelve months doing a lot of SEO work on the website this is all prior to launch um I did this um and it it wasn't as much of an effort to kind of start ranking um fairly quickly for bunion shoes um, it's become more competitive now um I'm not gonna lie you know it, as people are starting to realize um, there's a gap in the market more people are going into it and um, it is becoming more competitive but at the time I was like ranking number two for bunny and shoes within like really quickly um, and yeah. that's where most like most of my sales in my first couple of years came from like 70% of my sales were from people finding me organically online. So how did you um, find the manufacturer in the first place then? It was just a, a big LinkedIn Google search trying to find yeah. people trying to find somebody who would work with me um and I, I didn't tell them about the concept straight off but you know I send a good professional email out to loads of different people trying to find um uh, somebody it's not rocket science work but it's hard work you know going out there and finding trying to find someone who'll work with you but if you look hard enough you'll find someone I wrote a blog about like setting up the business originally and I get a lot of people who find that blog and email me going, can you tell me who your factory is? And, uh, and I'm like, no, I can't no. because <laughs> if you are not prepared to put in the effort to find a factory, then you're clearly not the type of person who can run a business in my, in my, yeah. in my opinion, because yeah, you've got to do the graft. You've got to do the graft. And if you're not even prepared to do that first bit of graft, then how on earth are you going to get through all the traumas of running a business <laughs> and the graft yeah, of running a business later on. So um, I normally just ignore them all. There's a couple of people I don't ignore, but that's only if I've, they've demonstrated that they've done a lot of grafting already and then I'll go in. And I, yeah. and I have helped a couple of shoe businesses get off the ground. It's all about helping each other at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, I'm all for helping people, but not lazy people. So Jennifer, where do you find your design inspirations from? Where, where, where do you look for that inspiration? Well, a lot of it comes from um these days comes from my customers because they're the people who um I'm trying to 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 please really so uh I, I go for pretty classic designs because you know I'm, I'm operating within a niche as it is so there's no point me trying to go a bit wacky and out mm -hmm. there designs because I'm I'm wanting to serve as big a, a, of the market as possible so you know a black um court shoe um is one of my best sellers because even though it's simple and straightforward, it, it goes with everything. So a lot of my designs are very classic, but keeping on trend as much as possible. So I'll keep on trend with like, cause block heels are in at the moment. So we'll do block heels or um, 
like certain colours, seasonal colours that are on trend, I'll go with them as well. If I like it, and then my customers like it, because I tend to kind of send out the designs and get them to choose what they want um, in the coming season, and they'll vote on their favourites, um, and, then, and then I go along with that. Jennifer, so was going into the fashion industry everything that you expected it to be? And would you ever consider branching out into um, like clothing or anything away from shoes but still within the fashion industry? Uh, I think I said before, didn't I, that I didn't feel like I was I'm, I'm a fashion person. I still don't. It's not really where I see myself. I see myself as like just trying, you know, do my best to meet my customers' needs um, and and going down that route rather than trying to be a fashion leader. The, the shoes are fashionable um, and they are stylish and that's really, really key to the brand. But I don't need to be the next Manolo Blahnik kind of thing. Um, that's not that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, it's more along, you know, it's more in line with, say, if I could like a like a LK Bennett or Russell and Bromley, I guess they are, you know, they're they're good solid fashion yeah. shoe brands um that are worn by a lot of people and that's that's what I'm going for. So I'm gonna give you a chance to name drop here. Um have you ever had anyone well known wear your shoes? Uh yes, I had. Do you know Tamsin Althwaite from EastEnders? Yeah. So I contacted her on Instagram and I think I just sent her a message and said Hiya. <laughs> I've got the shoe brand. <laughs> you know, and uh, I think her kid, um, one of her girls does taekwondo, and I've done taekwondo for 11, 17 years. And I think I just said, oh, I've been looking at, you know, your daughter's taekwondo stuff and, you know, really interested in, in what she's doing. And would you like a comfy pair of shoes? Um, and, and she said, yeah. So she took some boots and then she took some flats and she did loads of posts about them. And then she did like a red carpet event and she wore... Um, a pair of my shoes on the red carpet so I was dead sure oh, that's amazing. yeah because she yeah. was a genuine 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 kind of advocate of the shoes without yeah. you know I didn't have to pay I didn't pay her to do any of that um mm. and then we also kind of got them on Angela Griffin um as well and I I, I kind of just like stalk people on Instagram to see if they've got anything wrong with their feet and there was um <laughs> Louise Minchin who's a BBC news breakfast news presenter she's also a triathlete um, and her feet, she's got bunions. So I noticed on her Instagram that she did. So I kind of contacted her and she's worn my shoes. And then she put me in touch with Darcy Bustle, who also um, took my shoes. So it's not a massive part of my strategy because I don't really have the budget to be paying. You know, a lot of people pay for influencers and celebrities, don't yeah. they? And, and and that's something that I've stayed away from. But we do. It's rather happen naturally. Yeah, yeah people yeah. who genuinely yeah. love want to wear our shoes. So, um, you know, and, and people that I want to work with and I think represent our brand as well we do do a bit of work with influencers on Instagram um as well um kind of you know people who are like you mean mummy type older women who uh, are still really fashionable which is like who I kind of think I am as well who <laughs> 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 would you want to wear your shoes I'd love to see two people so one of them is christina Hendricks. you know her she's the lady from mad men and she's also in good girls as well and she's oh, like yeah, the yeah. really the curvy beautiful redhead um american actress and her feet yeah. she's got terrible um bunions and i'd love <laughs> to get her to wear my shoes because i just think she's gorgeous and glamorous and kind of everything that i think my brand is 
Obviously, I'd like Kate Middleton because I think that would be amazing. You know, choose for a princess. I'd absolutely love. Yeah. Or Meghan Markle, like the, one of those two ladies. Meghan had bunions, but I think she's had one of them removed. Um, and, oh, and Amal Clooney. Oh, yeah. Because she's very classy. She's so wise. classy. She kind of really, really fits in with my professional, um, successful, strong, independent woman you know who's just amazing in her own right so she also was very very high fashion um shoes so I'd, you know i'd be quite happy to make a bespoke pair just for her um yeah. but she could probably afford to have that done anyway <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you've now got the best shoe wardrobe ever mm. of all the shoes that you own which is your favorite pair that you sell so my favourite, which I would have worn to my wedding, is the Emily. So I've got two pairs of shoes, two styles of shoes um, that are named after my two daughters, Charlotte and Emily. And the Charlotte is a ballet style flat, and it's our bestseller by a million miles. And then the Emily is a high-heeled um, sandal, you know, occasion shoe. And the biggest thing when you've got bunions, but this is what I found, this is one, like why I launched the business, is whenever you get like a strappy sandal, if you've got a bunion, it just kind of hangs out the side of the strap or um, is just massively exposed um, in strappy shoes because it'll just kind of squeeze through gaps. It's really unattractive. Whereas the, the Emily perfectly kind of hugs the bunion and hides it away. And when I've got them on, you could never tell I had them on and I can literally wear them the whole day, the whole night, walk miles in them and never have any pain. I can wear my shoes, even though I've got bunions longer than people who wear normal do you know what I mean? People with normal feet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely love them. And, and um, I, I had like two versions. Emily 2 is out at the moment because my original Emily wasn't quite right. And then I kind of, but I didn't want to let go of the name Emily because it's my daughter. <laughs> so, I, yeah. so I did the, I did the Emily Mark 2. And that's. That could have gone down really yeah. bad at home at the table. Well, yeah. She's, no, she's only, she doesn't, she's only five. So she doesn't still know what I do. Um, she, she comes in and plays with the shoes. And I try and explain to her, but all she knows is that I'm a boss. And she keeps oh. saying, you're a boss. Why, why do you have to go to work? You're the boss. You can choose what you want to do. And I'm like, well, it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you name the shoes after different women in your life? Or? Yeah, I do. Mo yeah. All my shoes. Some are random, but most shoes are, like, are named after someone that I know. So, um... Can you give us any exclusives, maybe, about what the future holds for Cala? Have you got any up-and-coming exciting projects or anything that you're working on? I'm going to be launching some trainers next um, year, next season, because yeah. especially with COVID, people are looking for more casual footwear anyway. Um, and that's really where the the brand is moving to. So we're still going to be doing, you know, occasion wear, and, and, um, and that's still where my heart lies, because... I like going out, I like eating out, and I always want a nice pair of shoes to wear. But really, you know, most, the majority of my business is coming from the more casual side of the business. So that's what um, I'm, I'm growing. And then, you know, I am looking for world domination. So I do want to, 70% of my business at the moment is UK only, but I am looking to really try and grow the business outside of the UK and, and focusing on that next year. Yeah. So speaking of um, COVID, how, how have you coped throughout? The biggest challenge was about trying to teach two children 
school stuff that they don't want to learn and run the business at the same time that was like the hardest thing <laughs> and I, I nearly lost I nearly lost Madness. it because all my stress relief relievers had been removed and then additional stress things had been put in and mm. um, so yeah I, I, I did almost lose it a couple <laughs> of times um at the start of lockdown but I, I'm not gonna lie sales fell off you know they're nowhere near where they should be I would expect them to be um over the last few months because because I make shoes for women who I'm either going somewhere or they're going on holiday, you know, or they're going to a special occasion or they're going to work. And neither of those three things has really been happening over the last few months. So there was obviously going to be a downturn in sales. Plus, you know, um, I, uh, I had to furlough staff at, at the beginning of lockdown. And so it was just me kind of trying to, to get everything done. So there was loads of challenges along the way but I'm really confident on about the future you know this is only a blip for color you know people are always going to want shoes and my particular demographic um is probably maybe a bit stronger than other demographics in terms of um economically uh, financially they'll be um, they'll be okay in a recession um it's just and next year it's going to go yeah. mental, isn't it? With weddings and every, everybody wants, you know, all of those events that were oh, cancelled yeah. from yeah. this year are all going to happen next year. Um, so and like I said, if I go moving into the more casual side of the business anyway, it's, it's there's a really bright future for us. And I, I'm about to launch on Zalando as well, um, which is going to take me quite strongly into Europe, um, which we've only done a bit in Europe and it's you know, the language barriers. Is the, is the main reason for that. So Zalando uh, are a marketplace um, that cover the whole of Europe and, and they can really, really help Cala grow there. So that's exciting. So I just wanted to briefly touch on your okay. relationship with us here at Fulfillment Crowd. Um, we've had the pleasure of watching you grow for just over three years now. Um, and you actually joined us before our rebrand. Um, so I just wanted to know a little bit about what really attracted to you um, to us back then. Well, it's, well it's, it, they're quite personal reasons. I um, I wanted to work with somebody that could offer me um, the kind of bespoke level of customer service that I wanted to give to my customers. So, it, you know, my own boxes, my own packing boxes, because a lot of full service centres won't let you do that. You have to use um, theirs. Um, you yeah. know, really taking care to check the shoes were in the right condition when they came back into the fulfilment um center and and then go back out again and good you know good turnaround times um all of those were key because my customer is the most important part of my business so um i needed to make sure that the fulfillment center could meet those requirements those like really high um customer service requirements and then i quite like i i only live about 20 minutes drive away from the fulfillment center so i know that i can go up and meet emma or you know i can go up and, and chat to the guys um, you know, whoever I need to talk to, like in the warehouse or whatever, um, and it's only like 20 minutes. I, I've just recommended you to um, this footwear brand that I've helped her get going um, with some advice. And she's kind of got to that point now where she doesn't want to be packing 70 pairs of shoes, you know, in an evening. And 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 was and she'd seen my like little video <laughs> yeah. on the Fulfillment Crowd website. She was like, Man. she went, you're everywhere, Jenny. And I was like, <laughs> I, what do you know? And I said to her, you know, you, you just go for it because this is it removes all of that stress of if you get a huge surge in orders um like if you get a big piece of press or you get a you know um black friday or whatever you know you know that that's covered rather than you having to stay up all night getting all of those products packed so it's you know most people 
worry about that move and that cost from going from your bedroom in your office and your your garage or whatever to a more professional operation um yeah. and and it's you know it, it will be personal to you and how comfortable you feel with that but for me it's been life-changing I go on holiday and I know that the shoes are always going to go out you know it's it saves me time so that I can do other things to grow my business and if you're spending hours every week packing products and you're not working on growing your business so um you know, I, I, I try to give away as much as possible. Um, it, it it may affect my bottom line to start with, but eventually, you know, I'll, those that will come back in in terms of the growth of the business and, and where I'll be in a few years' time. So I give away as much as I can, so I can just focus on the bit that the bits that I'm good at, like growing the business and on the product development. So, um, Emma, I actually just wanted to ask you about what your experience has been like working alongside Jennifer and the rest of the team at Color. Well, I, you was one of my yeah. first clients, wasn't you, Jennifer? I um, initially started with um, Fulfillment Pride back when we was exact abacus on customer services and then moved over to the other side of the team and uh, Jennifer was given to me um, as my client. And I remember, I think it was in the first week, wasn't it, Jennifer? We'd had a bit of a... Um, did you have a, a model or something? You was doing some photo shoot and the stock didn't arrive in time, so there was a mad panic to uh, for you yeah. to drive down here and for me to go and get all your stock off the shelf so you could do yeah. this this um this modeling shoot um so i think just from there really just based on on that very first interaction um we built a good relationship trusting relationship uh jennifer and all the team have have helped me grow um here within this company and also they've been patient with me when they've needed to be they've just been yeah we are we're, we're eternally grateful because i know that fulfillment crowd is going through loads has been through tons of changes in the last few years and you know we've had to try and get used to like the new ways of working and stuff but like at no point did a parcel not go out to my customer and that's all that really matters you know that's that's the thing like as long as my cut parcels are yeah. still going out like even enjoying covid where i thought bloody hell like I don't even, you know, what's gonna what's gonna happen here? But there was never a lapse in service, um, in in terms of customer service. So that's that was invaluable to me. There's, yeah, exactly, exactly. There were always things, you know, that <laughs> you know I might yeah. ask, and they're like, no, Jenny, you're not yet. But there's, it, I can, it, as long as I know that, that doesn't matter. I can find, <laughs> an, you know, an, an alternate solution. But I do know that whatever I try, I ask for, you know, that I get some things to say, you know, not not yet, or or they, you know, they do. The best to try and help me basically um, emma was there an incident with um that happened on near international women's day with the um there was yes yeah. remember jenny with the um the quote cards that you got oh you mean one of the ones that was spelt wrong <laughs> and the and the, yeah and the one that was spelled wrong and I, was just, <laughs> I was just opening the pack and i was about to take them down to the warehouse and i was reading it and i was thinking he doesn't yeah. look and I, I actually rang you up didn't i jennifer and said it's this a spelling mistake or am I, <laughs> I, I, I lost the plot? Do yeah. I need to go back and learn some English? I know. I know it's the, supposed the, to be the, like that. Just, oh gosh, there's probably several instances like that over the years where you've really gone above and beyond to help me. Um, you know, especially when, you know, barcoding issues that they always seem to be having and, um, and me just learning how to run a business. And I'm guessing that there'll be lots of other, you know, small companies out there like me that have never really done this kind of thing before. And I, and I need somebody to hold my hand through the process yeah. um, of what, what can actually be achieved. And I've got a lot more out of the fulfillment crowd um, that I'm sure I would have done than going with anybody else. And that's why I, I do, I get messages from 
other because I know loads of entrepreneurs and stuff and people asking me you know when should I take the plunge who should I go with um and I always say it's absolutely worth the money to you know to move to fulfillment crowd you just need um you just need to take that leap of faith that's good to hear so um, that's just about all we've got time for today I'm afraid um I'd like to thank both of you for joining us um if you'd like to know more about Cala please visit their website at calashoes.co.uk you can also join us next time for more special guests and insights if you'd like to know more about our fulfillment services um please visit fulfillmentcrowd.com or search the hashtag join the crowd